on the burden of sin. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood, come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood. Wider than snow, there's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power. For Jesus, your King, there's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen. Praise the Lord. He was willing to send His only begotten Son to live the perfect life that pleased God the Father on our behalf. And He shed that perfect blood and He did so willingly for you and for me. What a Savior. No one cometh to the Father but by Jesus Christ, by the Word of God, by living water. And so we flourish and produce fruit. That's a great song. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 1 this morning. Turn with me there. Genesis chapter 1. Last week we read down through the fourth day of creation and we attempted to expound a little bit thereon. So this morning I'll begin reading in verse 20. Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 20. And God said... 
I love those words. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill and fill the waters in the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, into which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for me. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And we'll stop right there for this morning's lesson. We did teach some last week. Uh in and on the first four days of creation. I won't spend a lot of time going back over that. I think we were all here. Uh, Just a couple points. In verse 1, in the beginning, God. We notice that and we stop there to make a point. God is eternal. He always has been. This is the beginning of heaven and earth. It is the beginning of time. And we saw last week, we see in this uh, first chapter, that God established time-making ways. He did so with the sun, with the moon. He did so by creating days, weeks, months, and years, seasons, He created all of these things. We hear a lot of talk about, well, use of the word prehistoric. This is it. There is no prehistoric. We have the history of the beginning. So where is prehistoric going to be? 
In the beginning, God. Amen. In the beginning, God. There is no prehistoric findings on the earth because God created the earth on one of these days here that we read about last Sunday. He created at this time. Yes, the earth is around 6,000 years old, not millions and billions. We did point out last week, and I'll repeat this, that when our scientists and archaeologists dig and they go through levels, what are they finding in these levels? They're finding bones and fragments of life that has passed on, right? That's that's what they use uh, even for their uh, attempt at dating the earth is these levels of death. Well, we pointed out that until the fall in the Garden of Eden, we don't have a record of any death. And this is the beginning. Remember that. We can't go past the beginning because we know nothing about it. We only know that God was there eternally. What God did previously to the beginning of the heavens and the earth, we don't know. But He was God. And always has been. A couple things still in the day four I want us to look at, which uh, let's say verse 14. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Now, we could stop on any of these verses that we've already covered and we could teach and preach because they are so deep. We could literally take every word and dig into this and go deeper and deeper. Uh, That's not my intent at this time, at least. But let me just say that when God created the heaven and the earth, He's not talking about His dwelling place, heaven. He's talking about the heavens that we look up and see or travel up and see that we have access to. That's what he's talking about. This was not the beginning of God's, my point. All right, verse 14 says, And God said, Let there be lights in this firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons, and for days and for years. And let them be, verse 15, for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. Now, we've talked already about how God is the creator of life. All of it. All of life. God is the life giver. We talked about how uh, the creation account relates to the salvation account. Because it's the giving of life. And it only comes from the creator. Nowhere else. No one else creates life. It's all from God. Verse 16 says, And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. What does it mean by that? To rule the day. Well, 
if we walk outside in the morning and we see the sun, we know something. We know it's daytime, don't we? Because the sun rules over the day and we know it's day when the sun's up there. And the sun, like so many of God's creations, provide the sustainabilities, provide what's needed for life to continue. God didn't just create life. He created what life needed to live. I know that's real basic. But we've noticed that before God created the creatures that would live on the living uh, plants and herbs, He created the plants and herbs. He created what they needed before He created them. He provided this life-giving substance before He even created them who would need this life-giving substance. Verse 11, He, he, he gives life. By, and God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after His kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so, and the earth brought it forth. Just as God said, and God saw that it was good the sun I said something last week about it being in a perfect place and it stays in that perfect place doesn't it that's not by accident that's God's mighty hand that's keeping it exactly where we need it exactly where these this grass and these green herbs and these fruit yielding trees they need that sun that sun provides warmth for us. Without it, there'd be no life. It's as simple as that. If it was even slightly out of position, there would be no life in either direction. What a great creator. He didn't just create and then let's see what happens. No, he is the sustainer of his creation. The same is true with you and I. He saves us. He gives us. The Bible tells us a new heart. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. He says in His Word that we are a new creature. A new creature. And as these creatures, we need the light, don't we? We need the sunlight. S-O-N. The sun, when we look up and it, at its brightness, who does it make us think of? It's the Lord Jesus, isn't it? Absolutely it is. Uh, turn with me to Revelation chapter 1. Let's take a look at him. Consider the Lord Jesus as being represented by the Son. No, He's not the Son. And no, we're not to worship the Son because the Son is His creation. We're to worship the Creator, not the creation. But just notice in Revelation Chapter 1. And let's say we start in verse 12. Alright? Of course, this is John speaking. Revelation 1.12 And John says, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the candlesticks, one like unto the Son 
of man. He's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ because that's who it was. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool and white as snow and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. His countenance. We know what that means. When you look upon somebody, how do they look? What do they look like? What is their countenance? How do they appear? Well, we know that holiness is bright, don't we? Even the angel sent from heaven to roll back the stone at Jesus' tomb has such brightness that the soldiers sent there to guard the stone on the mouth of the tomb filled as dead men. Even John in verse 17, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead you imagine that countenance? You know how it is to stare into the sun sometimes. It hurts, doesn't it? It's bright. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying to me, Fear not, for I am the first and the last. It's him, you see. The sun's representing him. It's immovable. It supplies life-giving rays. Verse 18 says, I am he that liveth and was dead. Is there any doubt who this is? There is not. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. Is God in control of salvation or what? He has the keys of hell and death. He is in control. John eight twelve tells us that he is the light of the world. And light brings and sustains life, doesn't it? Absolutely. Even from the first uh, grass and herb yielding seed in verse 11 that God created, it needed photosynthesis. It needed the sunshine to shine on it that it might produce and live and produce life-giving nutrients that the very next creatures would have to have. Or they wouldn't have lasted but a few days. See, God's complete, isn't He? He's absolutely complete in all of His creation. He didn't just uh, create a herd of cattle. In that herd of cattle, he created every cow that was ever born or ever will be. That's the kind of creator that we have. Such an intense mind of God. We can't even scratch the surface of how he could do such a thing. And in six days, and I believe it's literal days. Yes, the Bible tells us that a day with God 
is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day, but not with us it's not. It is with Him, not with us. It was a day. When it says that the evening and the morning were the first day, it was a day because the sun came up, the sun went down, the moon came up, the moon went down, the sun came back up. The evening and the morning were a day. What a Creator! What power! The Spirit of God moved on the waters that didn't have form and formed them. Praise God, the Spirit of God moved on my heart that had no form and formed it to love and care about Him and His kingdom. Oh, we worship a powerful God, don't we? Powerful God. The moon rules over the night. You know, the moon affects a lot more than I think that we are aware of. Uh, I worked as a hospital orderly for quite a few years, about eight years. And the full moon was always a very busy day and night, very busy night to work because the full moon has an effect on people. It does. No one can rightly explain it. I try to go, y'all know I love to brim fish. I try to go fishing the full moon of every April. Why? Because the fish, by the full moon, are bedding or reproducing, are gathering up in one place. I say one place, it's many one places. And that's the time to go. I just went three days before the full moon last April. I about forgot how many I caught. 136 in a day and a half, I think. You see, the moon rules over what God has put it over. And because it's in God's power, in His plan, it doesn't move either. It's in the exact right spot. Its changes affect the earth in ways that only God really knows or understands. And He created it within a day and hung it in its place. All right. In verse 20, God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath a life. And fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament. God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. He didn't just create a flock of birds. In that flock of birds, he created for the future every egg and every bird that would ever live on earth. Isn't that amazing? Just think about the billions of birds since this day of creation. He's amazing, isn't he? And God saw that it was good. 
And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the air. Now when it says God blessed them, what does that mean? It means, I believe it means, that He blessed them with provision. Whatever it is that they need from now on, today and beyond, He blessed them with. He designated and planned their food. He designated and planned places for them to live that suited the way He created them. The fish in the sea. It's amazing how many different ones there are and different ways they've been created to be sustained by different created food products that God has created and put in place for them. He blessed them and gave them something to do. To be fruitful, multiply, and fill the waters of the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. Even in the morning with the fifth day. When God gives a creature something to do, He provides everything that that creature needs to fulfill and obey God's plan for him. It's exactly the same for you and me. God has had plans for our lives. And we are living those plans as we trust in what He said. Trust in what He's done for us. All these things point to the marvelous glory of God. The majesty. The power in His voice. All the way down to us. Verse 24 says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and the creeping things, the beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And it's still so. Because God, once again, He didn't just create one little herd of deer kind or one little herd of cattle. But He created in them the cattle to come. That's just amazing to me to think about because it's so intense. There are so many. So when he says cattle, I think he's talking about domestic animals that we would be able to use, that mankind would use. Yes, cattle. Uh, cattle pulled plows discs, furrowers, things to farm with, the oxen, horses to pull carriages and to ride, sheep to provide clothing. All of these things were involved in this day of creation. And again, is still so today. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind. And yeah, I skipped over that. Uh, 
cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. And I think he, when he says beast of the earth here that he created, I think Moses is saying, I think it's being said that this is the wild animals. I think that cattle covered the domestic animals. And I think that the beast of the earth covers all the wild animals. Also of use to man. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was very good. There are a lot of genetic barriers, if you will, that God has put into creation. And man has tried to cross. But man can't cross the barriers that God has laid out in creation. Yes, uh, horses and mules can breed and and have uh, offspring. But all the barriers that God has put up because he created these animals after their kind, they cannot be broken because God has put them in place. Verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the earth and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image as the image of God created he him. Now, if you're counting, that's three times that it was stated that we were created in the image of God. Now, if you count after... God's likeness, that's four times. So there's a point being made here, isn't there? Different than the animals. All of these previous things that have been created were kind of like the grass and the fruit-yielding trees. They were created before the creature that would need them. Alright? God created all these things for man. He created the earth and the heavens for us, for mankind, to live and to dwell and to flourish and to obey Him, to be fruitful and multiply. God bless them, verse 28. And it brings us back to God blessing everything else. That blessing includes provision for all that we need to follow His Word, His direction for us in our life. God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living creature that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat or food. See, God has provided everything that man needs before he created man. What a complete Savior he is. 
everything we need to follow Him and obey Him in His Word. He's given us. He's given us. He's given us life. Then, He's given us spiritual life. God created Adam and Eve in His own image. He created Adam in His own image and He created Eve out of Adam, one of His ribs, in His own image. Well, there's at least a portion of that that we lost in the fall. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, there's at least a portion of that image that mankind lost. He was unable, after the fall, to walk with God in the garden. He was separated because of rebellion from God. Let me tell you that God is a God of restoration and He is restoring us to that image of God. He told us in Romans 8 that He has predestined us to be conformed to the image of His Son. I believe back to that image that He created man in in the first place before man, with his free will, decided to disobey God and did so. And all of mankind has lived with the consequences of that rebellion. Oh, but God is a loving God. It says in verse 30, And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. He's given us dominion over the earth and over all the creatures of the earth. He's given us all the provision that we need physically to live on this earth. Well, He has created a new creature in us. And if you trust this morning in what Jesus Christ did for you when He hung on the cross of Calvary, if that is the basis for your salvation, oh, praise God, because He's given you life again a spiritual life. And He dwells within you. The Word tells us that He puts His Spirit within us. The same Spirit that moved on the waters and created all of these things. Heaven and earth and all that dwells within them. He's created a new creature within you. And before He saved you, He had given you this book written by the same Holy Spirit that moved on the waters. And when He saved you and illuminated you with the light, He is the light of the world, represented by the bright sun that gives life. And He gives life, doesn't He? And praise God, the Spirit of God moved on your soul. 
and he showed you that you belong to the Creator. He has a special purpose for you in your life, and praise God, that life never ends. It's eternal. Oh, we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but death will have no hold on us. Thank you, Lord Jesus.